You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, they most certainly are. Smart Money came in late on Michigan, and it was spot on. Dominant start on the ground, pass rush that left Michael Penix Jr. rattled, and the Wolverines captured their first title in more than a quarter century. Welcome to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you from 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Listen to the show on the Odyssey app. Watch the show on twitch.tv slash BetQL on YouTube, and follow us on X at BetQL Daily. Joining us on the program today, Frank Schwab with Yahoo Sports will share his insights into Super Wild Card Weekend in the NFL. And then at 11 o'clock Eastern Time, Sammy P. from Nesson has his favorite NFL bets and beyond. But first, anyone who refuses to acknowledge Michigan as the national champion should be thrown in jail. This was a dominant performance as they knock off Washington 34-13. to They cover the minus five and a half. This game goes under 56. Donovan Edwards, a bet I didn't have to sweat for very long. He goes over his rushing total. Aaron, you and I were both on the first half under. That cash, though that was mighty close. Blake Corum did get multiple touchdowns, Get did get there in there just late. Uh, but Joe, as far as this game is concerned, and maybe even the stature of the Michigan football program, what do we need to know? I'm sure that Michigan fans love the fact that Chris Fowler made sure to get that in there, even though he's saying it's up for you to decide the final call forever and maybe the greatest moment in Michigan football fans' lives includes the cheating mention. You know what I mean? Like that's going to live forever. So that was very sly by Mr. Fowler there while, you know, trying to please the other side. Yeah. I mean, domination, uh, it was what a lot of people expected. It was probably not all that shocking. Um, maybe what was shocking, that Washington's game plan wasn't going in and saying their identity is to run the ball. They're <laughs> going to try and kick our ass. That's the weakness of our team. Maybe we should make sure that we do everything we possibly can to stop the run. They did not. They gave up 303 rushing yards, outrushed by 257 last night. And the best running back on Michigan ends up winning the MVP award, which I'm not sure he should have, but he wasn't mm-hmm. the one that hurt, hurt him early. It's like, Aaron, you blink, it's 14-3. to three. And I don't know about you guys, but then and there, even though it became a one-score game later, when it was 14-3, to three, I said, ball game. It's curtains like it became kind of background uh, to me because we knew where that game was going the rest of the way. And it was and it did. Yeah, I wanted to turn it off after the first quarter. I was like, what yeah. is this? Michael oh, Penix, arguably, was that the worst game of the season? He yep. waited all year long for that? Like, it was horrible. <laughs> they looked lost offensively, and you mentioned it defensively. No one would have been shocked. Everywhere you look, oh, Michigan runs the ball. They're going to run the ball. And it's just like yeah. you watch that first quarter, and you're like, oh, no. 
oh no, this is not going to be good. <laughs> like, I don't even know how they could flip a switch and climb out of that after what I saw in the first quarter. It was horrible. The number one offense just had nothing to throw at Michigan. Super disappointing. I don't know if he was nervous or if they were just unprepared or what was going on, but uh, that offense just looked awful from the Huskies. I feel bad for my Huskies fans. I haven't even talked to them who actually flew to Houston to watch that because I oh, can't boy. imagine what kind of mood you'd be in flying back home. I don't want to be on that flight, that's for sure. Hopefully they're not taking out on uh, flight attendants, and then we've got viral videos everywhere in terms of All the alcohol will be Cal- sold out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's that's not going to be a good look at all. So hopefully yeah. that's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, don't you, don't you think for Washington fans, though, like I don't really feel bad for them. It was about getting there. Like that's how I looked at it. Like this, they're going to look at this yeah. year as, as the greatest They were probably year. nervous. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they were probably Mich- nervous anyway. Yeah, heading into that matchup, just that experience and getting to the championship, which nobody expected. I I feel that would be a win for Huskies fans. But yeah, yeah I think in terms of like preseason expectations, like Michigan was hoping to win the national championship. I don't think we were saying that about. I mean, heck, like Washington's win total is what nine, nine and a half, some something like that. And we were debating if they were better or worse than Oregon, if a Pac-12 team could even make the college football playoff. So in terms of preseason mm-hmm. expectations, Washington more than exceeded theirs. For Michigan, it was you know at a very minimum win a playoff game, which they hadn't done, but then also win the Natty, and they did just that. So I think that makes a lot of sense. But Aaron, to your point about why why Washington just looked so bad for so long, I think they were just out physical. I think Michigan was just the more mm-hmm. dominant, athletic kind of team. You look at that Michigan pass rush, and they were confusing Penix. They were taking yeah. him down. They were taking away those first reads, et cetera, et cetera. And that is a big problem when you've got someone who needs a little bit of time to step up and throw deep. I mean, there were a couple of times during the broadcast when they rightfully pointed out guys who were wide open 20, 30 yards down the field, and Penix just (laughs) couldn't get to that receiver because he was under duress the whole time. This offensive line, I think the the right tackle, right guard, I mean, they were doing nothing for him. Like, his blind side just didn't have any protection whatsoever, and this is one of the key points. They needed pass protection for Penix to have any chance, and they didn't have that. And as far as, like, why this matters from a betting perspective – Maybe I'm having a little bit of, uh, you know, fond memories of last year's natty between Georgia and TCU. But I do wonder if you're going into a playoff game of some kind and you know one team is going to be more physical than the other to where the other team is going to have to use trickery or finesse or something like that. If it's just not there, then there is a path for a blowout. And I wonder if maybe we need to be taking alternate spreads more seriously if we go into a game knowing that one team is going to be more physical than the other. Yeah, no, it's certainly a fair point. And honestly, like Michigan should have won by more the way they Mm -hmm. dominated that game. Like, I I don't think there's any way to deny that. And then, yeah, yeah, you're right, man. Like, don't you have to go into that game saying, okay, hey, if McCarthy beats us, McCarthy beats us. I'll take that shot. But Corum, they're not going to beat us. We can't have that. That, I mean, that would be my mentality if I'm Washington going into that game. And that was clearly uh, not the case. He doesn't scare me. And, Aaron, I don't even – 
I don't I don't even think that was Penix's worst game. Like it was one of the bad ones, but he also yeah, had another there interception game. Yeah, there was like a two game stretch where he was awful. There was another game he completed less than fifty percent. He was just above fifty percent last night. So um yeah. yeah, you know, watching that game last night, I, I it's gonna be fascinating. The next big thing after, you know, the Super Bowl, just football wise involving college players, uh, will be the draft. And these are two quarterbacks that are gonna be talked about a lot. Where are they going to fall? I would have no interest in taking either of them in the first round. The question is, when do they go after that? I agree. I mean, I still think Penix is better than McCarthy, but I think Michigan has smarter coaches and smarter players and probably more athleticism as well. And that's the problem. Like, they outsmarted Washington. In Washington, it's just disappointing. I think the coaches let them down as well, like you were saying, Joe, about the game plan. Like, you don't try to stop those running backs. And if you think... You know, you try to force J.J. McCarthy to have to throw more. It's just, like, mind-boggling to me. And also, one point I wanted to bring up. When I saw John Harbaugh surprise Jim, then I really mm-hmm. knew it was over. Was oh, like, man. Oh, forget He's it. Gonna, you know? He's got it better than us. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Jim, who's got it better than us? Nobody. God, That's oh, cute. That's adorable. Yeah. No, it's I, not. You know, at all it's going to vomit just like the lions will this weekend there you go (laughs) you know when it comes to these quarterbacks like okay with Penix, like he is a lefty so you do have to kind of redo an offensive line and that might be a knock against him just in terms of his overall draft prospects but with mccarthy benjamin robinson friend of the show thinks there's a very valid argument for him to return to michigan next season do you buy that yes I absolutely mm-hmm. do. Yeah, in this class. So it's interesting. Like, um, I think we spent, like a lot of people, much of the college football season saying, man, this is an awesome class. There are a lot of teams looking for a quarterback. It's going to be fascinating, the kind of information that comes out. Because this NFL season, the quarterback play has been pathetic, right? And part of the reason is because of all the backups and third and four stringers that we've seen, but there are a lot of teams. Oh, I don't know. Maybe half the league looking for a quarterback. So how many are going to reach in those first couple of rounds? Or do you wait and you say, you know what? This class is stronger than what we're going to see a year from now. Um, and, and people are saying it's, it's about the big uglies and it's about a run game. And that's why you've had some success, JJ. And you know what? You're a champion, man. You're, you're going to make a lot of NIL money over the, the next year or so maybe it's better for you to develop another season i think that is quite valid and that's a real consideration and after the top three guys which may end up being the top three picks i wonder if guys do consider that like hey if i'm not first round why not why not stay but it could I think it could also go the other way with McCarthy because this Michigan team has been good for a while. How many returning mm-hmm. players are they going to have? And if Harbaugh leaves, how good is this program going to be? And if they fall off a little bit, that could hurt McCarthy's stock. And even like Caleb Williams, uh, after he won the Heisman, I don't know, maybe you could make the argument he wasn't as good last year. Uh, so he could get exposed too, even more. But if McCarthy, JJ though. Go ahead, Paul. 
Yeah, if he if he's getting any first round love, you go this year because, like Aaron, like you just said, you're probably losing Jim Harbaugh, and maybe that makes a decision for you. That dude is not an NFL quarterback. I'm sorry, maybe he's a Hell career backup, no. which is fine. But if you're getting told you're going to go in the first round this year, you go and you don't look back. But because but he's not being I, told. like I think his. Yeah, well, he shouldn't be. Like, right. I, but I just don't know. Regardless, <laughs> that his stock won't be higher than it is this year. You're going to lose Harbaugh, I and I just don't so. know that you're not going to win a title next year. And are you going to throw right. – are you all, all of a sudden going to be, like, picking defenses apart? I don't think so. I just don't know that his draft stock will ever be any higher. So, if, like, That's early fair. second well, – I mean, I I, if you're with late that. first, early second – Yeah, you could – like, from a talent and development standpoint, the smart move is to go back. 100% right. agree. I just don't know from a draft stock perspective if his draft stock will ever be any higher. The reason why I disagree with that last part is just is sample size more than anything else. Like he didn't pass the ball much at all all season. Are part of it was that. Uh, I mean, it, at least you got to put more sucks. things out there to where you're a little bit more reliable. Like right now, he's a massive unknown, <laughs> and I don't think teams want to put in a first round pick on somebody who you know, just doesn't pass the ball that much. Like, yeah, he's a great runner. That's fine. But you need an offense that's kind of tailored to his skill set. And there aren't that many out there right now. Uh, you know, sans like the Falcons or someone like that. But, you know, they're not going to use McCarthy's number eight overall. At least I wouldn't think so. Uh, but I, I do believe, though, that if he can sort of prove that he can pass, like even short passes with some kind of consistency, then I think his draft stock can go up regardless of how well or poorly Michigan does in terms of a team quality perspective next season. I don't know, man. I'm and look, I would not take him in the first round. I probably wouldn't take him in the second round. But I'm seeing yeah. a lot of reputable outlets that are really good at this that have been accurate in the past. They have him as the fourth best quarterback in the draft. And if you're the fourth best quarterback in this draft, you're going in the first round. I wouldn't take him, but it takes one dumb team. <laughs> Plenty of those. And there's a there's yeah. a few. Yeah, yeah there's a few. Out I'm looking there. at. I'm looking at one right now that has uh, McCarthy going to the Giants at five. Like, oh, wow. Oh, perfect yeah. spot. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree, Paul. I get, right. your, I get your point. If it happens, then A, that's a dumb team. No doubt about it. Uh, but B, then yeah, he needs to go and that's fine. But I do wonder, like in terms of other mocks and things like that, I think there's just a wide variance of opinions because that sample size is so small to where, yes, some folks do believe he'll be taken early because he's a winner. I mean, what was it? Stetson Bennett, like has no NFL skills whatsoever. And he was still taken in the fourth round because he's a winner. Sometimes teams look into that a little bit too much where they win the interview process or things like that. No doubt McCarthy will certainly he, he knows how to, you know, create some buzz for himself on the PR side. But still, though, I, I, I hope he returns one more year because I'd like to see what he actually can be instead would, of him being a bus and we throw him away. Would you rather take Penix or McCarthy? Penix, Penix. no, no doubt. Penix, yeah. would you put Bo, Bo Nix above Wolf? Oh boy, mm. Bo Nix is older. Uh, above I mean, McCarthy Penix is older sure. than all of them, but. I, I'd probably go Penix. Penix I mean, these, are the, con- Penix, these are the conversations in that four through six range after those top three guys. Absolutely. Yeah. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, the latest line moves for Wild Card Weekend. That's coming up on the BetQL Network.
We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. We saw them in the preseason. Obviously, it's a little different then, but, you know, they got a very, very talented defense, and obviously Coach Tomlin is incredible at what he does. So um, it'll, be a, it'll be a great opportunity for us Sunday, I think. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Buffalo Bills tight end Dawson Knox with a lot of great things to say about the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it will be a fascinating game to say the least. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Ed Egros, Joe Strowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Let's start with latest line movements. We'll begin with the Steelers and the Bills. It opened at 9.5. Now the Steelers are 10-point dogs. But the real headline in this game, the total is plummeting, just like the temperature will be out in Buffalo. It started at 43, and it's now down to 35.5. Name your favorite winter storm motion picture, and that's exactly what the field conditions will be for this playoff game. It, and it's looking like it's not going to be as bad as we were hearing a couple days ago, right? Mm-hmm. It's still going to be bad with the sustained winds expected to be 15 to 20 miles per hour, gust 30. But like over the weekend, we were hearing that it was going to be even worse. So like, what's the floor? What's the floor in this total? It, I'm sure some people are looking at it and saying, hey, I don't mind because Pittsburgh could do absolutely nothing. Right. They're just going to run the ball. Everybody knows they're going to run the ball. And, you know, on the Buffalo side, too. Yeah, they've uh, they've been more stubborn and they've been sticking with the run game a lot more with Brady. Maybe that's McDermott's call. I have a hunch that it is. But if Pittsburgh knows you're going to run, maybe that that Watt absence isn't going to be as bad if you're able to be predictable. Clock keeps on ticking. So um, maybe it's just going to be a a very low scoring game in general. Yeah, I, gosh, this is a tough one. I mean, Mason Rudolph, here we are. I mean, the big joke was Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and now it's January 9th, and this guy, can he keep it up? But the Tomlin no. factor is intriguing. <laughs> I know. I am i don't think so either. I'm not sure they can win one playoff game. And then, now you've got TJ Watt injured. I don't know how they're going to stay in this. The only thing is the Tomlin factor. Like, will he be able to find a way to keep this game close? Because the Steelers are getting no respect right now. The way this line is moving. I kind of just want to stay away from it at this point. Yeah. Do do you think that that Tomlin, there's like a massive coaching advantage in this one? Because I'm not sure I, I necessarily, like Tomlin certainly has done great things in his career, no doubt about it. But you sort of play the hand that you're dealt and maybe, I mean, certainly he's more creative football-wise than I am, but I don't know if I necessarily see a coaching advantage as far as that's concerned, where the Bills will be ill-prepared for whatever's thrown their direction. I don't think they'll be ill-prepared, but could the Steelers keep it within 10 points? Possibly. I mean, Josh Allen throws some interceptions. Maybe there is uh, opportunity for them to keep it close. I- I'm not really sure. I'm not interested in betting it right now. Tom was terrific. I'll take him on my team to be my head coach in a moment. But it's funny with certain guys, and I think uh, Tomlin falls into this. Like when 
they they pull off an upset or so, some sort of a goal. They hit a number, like a winning record again, right? Like people were like, it's finally going to happen. They're going to have a losing season. Then they win three games at the end. He ends up having a winning season. Uh, when it's positive stuff, most people give Tomlin all the credit. But was anybody saying it's Tomlin's fault when they lost three straight against pretty mediocre teams in Arizona, New England, and Indianapolis? Nobody was putting any of that on top. Oh, it's the quarterbacks. Like he he's reached a status where he doesn't get any of the blame. People were definitely giving him the blame. They were even saying he's going to be on another team. He's lost the locker room. I I thought that was silly. I didn't re- I didn't think that was like real. I don't know, but. Here we are, and they, and they came back and they won. So good on them, even though one of the games the other team wasn't trying. Uh, there's mm-hmm. that too, but yeah, coaching edge. I don't see it. Like what part of the coaching is the offensive coordinator for the Steelers? Like that's part of the coaching conversation. And Brady has a massive edge over the Steelers. You know, it's interesting to me when we're talking about why the Steelers have any buzz whatsoever and why we're even talking about Mike Tomlin figuring something out is you look at the last three games for Pittsburgh, you know, Najee Harris has the fourth most rushing yards over expected 72 carries, 312 yards, four touchdowns. They've also had the number one rushing defense in terms of allowing rushes to go over expected. And then there's the Jalen Warren factor in terms of, you know, his limited workload still being uber efficient. And I wonder, having the run and containing the run that's why we're looking at Pittsburgh very differently and why some are even saying they are quasi dangerous especially in these kinds of conditions where maybe Buffalo's passing game is nullified a little bit because you really in those conditions don't want to throw beyond 10 air yards I wonder if that's why the buzz exists and that's all fine and dandy but that's not sustainable throughout the course of a playoff run and it may not be sustainable in this first game against a really good Bills team. You have to be able to pass the ball, and you have to be able to contain the pass, and I just don't know if I trust either of those dimensions. Yeah. What what short passing game do you like more? I think it's pretty obvious, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's probably going to replay. <laughs> that's going to supplement the run game. That's what we're going to see a lot of uh, in, in that one, so that, that would be worrisome. And, you know, the Bills' defense has been better. Um I, I want to see the status of Rasul Douglas and, you know, we, we get this, this is a Sunday game, but with the Saturday games, we're going to start to get those injury reports today, which will, it will be interesting. I'm sure, sure it'll throw markets haywire because everything does look, we're, we're sitting here on Tuesday morning and the majority of these games, just point spreads all over the place, really all over the place. And I think it's pretty interesting. Like, when does it, when do we get to a point where it settles in? Or does it just never? Like, any bit of info out there, any sort of a tweet by a newsmaker, where it's just going to move markets, it feels like. We're, we're seeing more movement now than ever before. Do you suppose that's because there's more condensed activity, because there are fewer games, and so maybe these lines are more volatile because more people are betting on fewer things? possibly but didn't we see this all season too selling a little or a lot 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Like just the movement every single day with the, mm-hmm. the number of games. Um, but we still know that early on in the week, it's typically the smarter money. And then the majority of betters come in over the weekend. So I, I always keep that in mind when I see these early moves. Hmm. Man, this is a... <laughs> I think this is a tough one for me. I don't have a strong it opinion is. yet on betting mm-hmm. it. Side or total, it's difficult. Uh for sure. Yeah. No, I, I, it is. And, and I'm also remembering like that Bills Patriots playoff game, the perfect game for Buffalo when there were no punts or anything like that. I mean, they what had 47 points. Like, can this offense replicate that kind of production? Maybe not to that extent, but they're still mighty, mighty good. And it wouldn't take a whole lot to get to 36. So that's why, like, this total is really tricky to me. Like, I hope it continues to plummet because I am definitely going to take the over at some point. But I don't know if I'm quite Mm. there just yet. Like, maybe my breaking point is 33, 33 and a half. And then when it hits that, or if it hits that, then I think I'm going to go with the over. I think that's probably how I'm going to handle that one. Uh, How about we move on now to the Browns uh, opening as one and a half point favorites. Now it's at two and a half against the Texans with a total of 44. I have to believe that line movement is uh, due in part to more and more respect that we are having for Joe Flacco and company, right? Part of it. And uh, the other part is, 
looking at the Texan side, the inexperienced. Mm-hmm. That's a popular bet. We're going to talk about that during Trend or Truth. But uh, there are also a number of threes already there. We popped at one and a half, and now we're getting threes. So that's why we had that conversation yesterday that if you do like Cleveland, maybe you want to bet it right now. Um, guys, I, th- I think this is going to close three everywhere. So it, if you do like Cleveland, there are some two and a halves available. Like I just mentioned, I bet MGM. I, I would bet this thing now. Yeah, and then we talked about the veteran quarterback versus the rookie in this one. And with how good the Browns' defense is, like, they just need to be, like, average or a little better than average offensively. And I think Flacco does provide that for them. So I could see, you know, like we talked about yesterday, just betting the Browns. I have futures on both, so I don't know what I'll do with this game. One's going to lose what? <laughs> nothing. I would do nothing, right? I, right. Yeah. Just sit back, Probably put your feet up. Get, one's going to lose, breeze. one's going to win. Yeah. I'd love to yeah. see the Texans win outright um, from a fan perspective, but I don't know if I can get there from a betting perspective. See, I, I would rather have cool Cleveland too. win. If I were you, I'd rather have Cleveland because you, you've got the higher ceiling this year. Yeah. Like, what's the, the ceiling defense. this year for Houston? Winning a playoff game is massive for that organization. But like, are they going to go on a sort of a run where they can go to Baltimore and win? No. Are they going to get there? No, probably not. So that's the that's the tough part there. I, I would be rooting for Cleveland if I'm you. Yeah, the the variance is such to where the Browns can show us a good bit more, especially with that defense. And it's kind of the argument I've made before, where if this is a year where a defense, a massively dominant defense does win at all, then it would be Cleveland. And maybe that's a possibility. Mm -hmm. And we have seen Joe Flacco go on a playoff run before. However, that was a long time ago uh, in a galaxy far, far away. So maybe we shouldn't necessarily expect that to happen again. I probably want some better numbers if I am going to back that idea, which I'm currently not. Uh, But at the Mm -hmm. same time, you look at the Texans side, at least in this game, I definitely uh, back the idea. If you're going to take the Browns, go ahead and do it right now because we could get to a three. Completely agree with that. I, I still keep going back to this, and I know it's kind of burned me a couple of times, but rookie quarterbacks don't win Super Bowls for a reason. And this whole thing is brand new, and it's been super impressive, but especially if they're also dealing with wide receiver injuries, that's just not enough for me to believe that once you get to playoff football, which is different then you're going to be completely ready and you're going to shock the world. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Such is life. Where do you want? Yes. Yes. Um, yes. Can we hit Green Bay Dallas? Let's do it. There are eights. There are eights now, guys. Like, this is all Cowboys money. Early, respected Cowboys money. Went from seven to seven and a half. The total's been going up. We're at 51 now. There's a couple 51s this week. Another NFC matchup. So maybe we we end up having some shootouts wow. over in that conference, but wow, just to see like the Nugget, the win, they go to eight already. Like boy, there's a lot of support for the Cowboys, and I understand it. Man, Do you understand I just hope it, the Aaron? Cowboys overlook this Packers team and somehow find a way to mess this up. But... Overlook the playoffs. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's Man. gonna be tough. Wait, they wait, we have a game this weekend. What? Who's next? <laughs> Who's next? Who's after the Packers? Um, but yeah, Jordan Love is playing some good football, but it is 
it is tough. It's been a cool story, but much like the Texans, I don't think this is their year. Like it's, I think impressive that they got here and Jordan Love has slowly and quietly improved throughout the season, but I don't expect the Packers to do a whole lot in the playoffs. One book has posted CD lamb yards. Any guesses? 95. 95. 97 and a half to start the Look week. Look at that. Where's it going to close? 101? <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously. 101, probably. Probably. Yeah. Like 100 isn't a significant number, but maybe like from a betting psychological perspective, it is. Like I suppose I could understand that. Uh, but even though this has gone from seven to seven and a half to eight, is this still a teaser leg? Because definitely I think the Cowboys are winning this game, no doubt. Maybe they look unimpressive doing so, but I would not mind taking that as a teaser leg if I'm pairing it with something that I'm attracted to. I, I, I still need to debate which one it is, but I don't think this is a bad teaser leg at all. Yeah, but it's the high total. That's the scary part. Like, mm-hmm. Love should be able to score some. That worries me. So it may not make any sense. I'm considering Dallas, but if it's going to be a close game and I'm not going to cover that if I get there, well, I'm going to be rooting for Green Bay because I want the chaos because I, I want to see the McCarthy firing or all that chatter. So, like, I don't I don't want Dallas to barely win in that situation. So I'm probably not going to be doing it. Plus, I, I can't tease games in the 50s. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Just out of the principle of the matter. No, I understand that. That's yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I'm I mean, still I'm debating, not. and what I want to pair it with, I don't know yet. If I want to pair it with anyone. Like the Eagles-Bucks, for instance, like that's been steady at two and a half. Yeah. But, yeah, like, I mean, both offenses are very volatile. Like, one could implode on us. Like, or, you know, experience some kind of self-immolation where, like, they're on fire. This, this could happen in that game. So the obvious ones right now are Houston, Tampa Bay, and there's blowout mm-hmm. factor in both games. Yes. So I'm probably not going to do it. That's fair. Yeah. It's, I mean, they're, even though they are the playoffs and we want to believe that all these teams are really good and they're going to be really exciting in terms of the chess matches, doesn't always work out that way. We've seen blowouts mm-hmm. many, many times in the playoffs just because, like, at some point, some years, these things can get top-heavy. Oh, and by the way, one more that moved yesterday. We're seeing fours in Kansas City. Oh, boy. Yeah, there's a lot of people fading the Dolphins going into this weekend, and I understand it. it's supposed to be zero degrees at Arrowhead for that one. In the words of Ezekiel Elliott, this sucks. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we go off the board right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM with Joe Ostrowski, Ed Egros, and Aaron Hawksworth on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Aaron Hawksworth, Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski with you. And we all know Draymond Green uh, found himself in a little bit of hot water a a few months, or not a few months ago, a few weeks ago. How long has it been? 14-game suspension. Just getting too physical, a little extracurriculars on the court. So he had a meeting with the commissioner, and immediately, I guess, Draymond Green 
had a decision to make and Adam Silver talked him out of it. I had a conversation with Adam Silver, commissioner of our league. And I just told him, Adam, it's too much for me. Like, it's too much. Like, this is too much. It's all becoming too much for me. And I'm going to retire. And Adam said, ah, you're making a very rash decision. And I won't let you do that. Hmm. So my initial thought uh, when, you know, he kept getting in troubles, maybe it is time for him to retire. Like maybe he needs some therapy. There's a lot going on here. But I do respect Adam Silver for being like, okay, wait a minute. Take a step back. Think about this. Is this really what you want to do? But he, so he, he didn't really expand or did he? Like, what's the rest of the story? Where are we at now? <laughs> yeah, he expanded a little bit. Well, he's not retired, but he went into uh, something that a lot of us say about how Adam Silver is, he cares about people. He cares about people mm-hmm. in that league and players, and that's not something – I'm putting words in his mouth at this point, but I mean, he was basically hinting at that that's not something you see with other commissioners in other sports. And I don't know that that was the case um, when Stern was running the show either, like take care of the super Uber stars. But I don't know that that was the case with everyone. The Draymond green, like still draws eyeballs, like statistically. And maybe part of it is because of the, the teammates that he does have and everything that they've accomplished. But I and I think Silver's right that that would have been a rash decision. That would have been in the moment, and you know, Draymond got into hot water because he's emotions, right? And so mm-hmm. I, I think it was good that Silver ended up talking him out of it. Well, it, and you know, it depends how Draymond Green, Draymond Green acts moving forward. But I just think it was it was interesting. It was another point where, like, could you imagine Goodell being like? A guy that used to be like a big star, still named. Like, is he going to? Kelsey's like, I want to retire. Is Goodell going to have a meeting and to sit down face to face with him and be like, I think you're making a rash decision. I'm, maybe that's <laughs> the wrong name. Or like, you know, another popular veteran in the league. Like, is that going to happen? I don't really see it happening. Manfred, hell no. I'm like, all right, peace, whatever. I just want to make sure my owners are happy. Um, so I thought, I thought that part of it was interesting. And not only that, but someone maybe who who's gotten into trouble. Like this isn't a modern day sure. example, but say like a I don't know, work done, someone like that, who, you know, can be a bit of a bad boy, I suppose, but you know, mm-hmm. still, you know, is that conversation going to happen? I think one of the brilliant things that Adam Silver understands, uh, say more so than most anyone else, say in NBA circles, is that dynasties sell. Dynasties in the NBA get a lot of eyeballs and Draymond Green is part of that Golden State dynasty. And whether the Warriors win the West and win the title or not, like we'll talk about that for the rest of the season. But in the meantime, I cannot imagine a world where Draymond Green retires and the Warriors are still vying for, say, the top seed, the West, or they all of a sudden make a playoff push, things like that. He's just such an elite defender, and he's so good for the game of basketball in that aspect that 
he really does need to be out there, even if it is, even if he is in his final year, final days uh, in the NBA. And while I get that Green has a lot of career prospects, uh, especially in broadcasting, once he retires, and that may be one of the reasons why he feels like uh, retirement from playing makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. in the moment. At the same time, I think Silver understands that Draymond is good for the league, and to an extent, the league is good for Draymond Green as well. Yeah. I think what I wanted to hear from Draymond is more about not the Adam Silver stuff, because I read that part, but more about like what has he learned during the suspension? Why has he decided not to retire? What was that like self-development realization that he had? Was it like like to hear him say, This is not how I want to be remembered? I did let my emotions get the best of me. Like, did mm-hmm. he say any of that part? Like, I'm just mm-hmm. curious where he's at now you know what i mean like because this was you know uh a consequence that he had to face so like what has he learned like what maturity and growth are we gonna see from him and and what clarity did he get throughout this time yeah i get that Uh, i'm just at a point with draymond where talk is cheap like i don't care what you have to say about that i don't care about you telling me that you've changed and you're a different person if you learned your lesson blah 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 what you're gonna do moving forward uh Mm-hmm. I'll follow the actions. That's where I'm at with Draymond because we've talked about this before, right? And nothing's mm-hmm. changed. So so let's see if it changes moving forward. If if he's really, you know, gone and got the help he needed or if he's going to change his ways or what what exactly is going to happen. Yeah, of course. And, and there's frustration that's already baked into, say, how the Warriors have performed up to this point. Like, you, you know, you add the pieces that they have and you go, okay, they should be competitive uh, with the Nuggets and the Clippers and Lakers and all of these other great West teams and it hasn't happened. Well, you've got to filter that out and still play a clean brand of basketball while still being a great defender. And I know the rules in the NBA are such to where it's harder to defend one-on-one, but you still have to find a way not to punch guys. You still have to find a way not to get in trouble. And that continues to be a problem for him. And it's getting worse and worse, uh, especially as the game evolves. So, yes, you got to prove yourself uh, that you can be out there and still be a valuable asset for your team. And by the way, I meant to say Warren Sapp as far as like, you know, an example of like. I was like, what did Warren Gunn do? I was like, he didn't do anything. It was Warren Sapp. I I miss. I had I had some other name in my head. So, yeah, Yeah, that was my. Yeah, yeah. Four no, letters, floor, yeah, yeah, right. Same team. W R R. Yeah, that's yeah. So that's my fault. Yeah, Warren okay. Sapp was who I was thinking of. Yeah. All right. I thought Warren, Warren From- Dunn was a good dude too. Oh, he's a great dude. I think so. That's why I wanted to correct myself. This wasn't, I couldn't let that one go. Like I had to, you know, fall on the sword for that one. That because he's okay. such a good dude. No, I'm glad he did. Yeah, yeah. To circle back on that one for sure. Yeah. Well, staying in the NBA, some disappointing news for the Memphis Grizzlies. We talked last week about how their futures, just the numbers were getting crazy since John Morant came back from his suspension. And now he's going to need shoulder surgery and will miss, well, is expected to miss the rest of the season, but should be fully recovered for next season. Joe, what was your reaction to this injury? Yeah, the first thing I thought of all those people that were jumping in and after, you know, <laughs> these numbers, whether we're talking about playoff, division, title, were cut, cut again, cut again, um, all these people jumping in. I And I don't even see them listed right now for a make the playoffs odds. And, yeah, that sucks. 
it sucks, man. There's just no other way. If you jumped in it and you felt like you had a really strong ticket, now that's tough. And we, we were talking about how they went on a bit of a, a skid after all of that reaction in the betting market. And now you have this, like the only reason that you made that bet was they got off to an awful start. They were playing very poorly at home uh, without Ja, And then you're hoping, okay, he's going to lift the entire team. Things are going to balance out when, when they're at home again. They've won their last couple of games on the road. They go to Dallas tonight, but you know, just big picture wise, may, maybe the team, lifts each other up for one night, but how often do we see that where that is a short-term thing? Just for the for the long haul, you can't feel good. They are 10 games below 500 heading into mid-January. They lost Steven Adams at the start of the year, if I'm not mistaken, right? They're center, mm-hmm. and it, it did feel like when they lost him – that this notion that they could still play well without John Morant at the start of the season during that suspension, well, it turned out not to be the case. Like, they needed that size with Steven Adams to be able to to compete, you know, at stretches without Morant in seasons past, and they were just fine. But this season, in many ways, was already lost, and certainly not having Ja, you know, solidifies that notion. But I am curious in terms of how much Memphis brass will want to push the reset button once everybody comes back for next season. Is this something where for the 2024-25 season, there's going to be some value on Memphis because they're going to be some massive unknown? Are we going to hype them up too much? I'm not exactly sure, but... I felt like this season was largely lost to begin with. And there was like a one day window where maybe you can find some value to back the Grizzlies when John Morant came back because those numbers were still super long because they had such a long way to go. I wonder if, okay, if you got into that one day window, that's fine. If not, then you need to relook at your process because that just didn't work out. Like those numbers were never good to begin with. I will be curious what the prospects are for the Grizzlies next season. I suspect they're not going to be very good, and maybe there's going to be some value on it. But still, though, they need all of their pieces to be healthy for them to have any legitimate chance in what will promise to be another exciting, difficult run in the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. I think also I we don't talk about it a lot but like suffering a season ending injury like what that does to a professional athlete mentally like I just hope John Morant's in a good place like after everything that he's been through you know in the suspension and stuff because now you got a lot of time on your hands like playing in the NBA is a big part of your identity and I just hope we don't see any like regression from him and that he's you know figured out his issues as well moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is his fifth season. He has yet to put together a full season. Sometimes his fault, yeah. sometimes not. But I mean, these are the facts. Mm-hmm. It's tough. Exactly. Yeah. Tough situation for Memphis in the front office to figure (laughs) out what to do here. I mean, such a talented player. One of my favorites to watch uh, before all of this kind of unraveled, I guess you could say, fair or not. Yep. Yep. Certainly is. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, Frank Schwab of Yahoo Sports will give his favorite plays for Super Wildcard Weekend. That's coming up on the BetQL Network.